We are um, moving forward. We closed out last week our book, <clears throat> our study in the book of Galatians. <clears throat> and so uh, it's okay. It's going to be all right. I know a lot of you are sad about it. But it, if you missed any of it, it is, it's on tape. You can go back and you can catch it. Amen? Every time I say tape, it reminds me of how old I am. I saw three people say tape. Digital mediums, but amen. But we are now, we're launching into a new series uh, for a little bit. And this new series is called, did you get that? Did you, did you get that? It it is a, it's a series uh, in the parables of Jesus. We're going to, we're going to get to hear uh, from the lips of Jesus Uh, the things of the life of the kingdom, the expectations of the kingdom, the coming of the kingdom uh, that he's shared in these uh, dense stories, amen, that sometimes were a little confusing for people to get, but that he's made plain were meant for us to understand, amen? So we're going to launch into that series, this series, Did You Get That?, Um, Today, we're going to start in uh, a a very familiar parable. We're going to be in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And I'm going to begin reading at verse 25. You have your copy of the Word of God. You can join me there. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Luke chapter 10. And... In fact, I'm going to begin. You've heard verses 25 to 29 read this morning already during worship. And so I'm going to pick up at verse 30. I'll start reading there at verse 30. Luke chapter 10, verse 30. It reads, Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, As he journeyed, came to where he was, and when uh, he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, And gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do Likewise, you go and do likewise. 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you uh, for your word. Uh, Lord, the opening of your word brings light. God, we pray you would illumine us now. Illumine our hearts and our minds and our wills. Uh, allow them to come into submission to your will, Lord. I pray, God, that um, we would have a fresh encounter with you in this place, an overwhelming encounter, Lord, that uh, shapes us and shifts us and conforms us to the image of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ. I pray your grace and peace and blessing be on all that are gathered here and every household represented here, Lord, and those joining God online. We thank you for this, Lord. We, uh, I ask for fresh anointing to preach and anointing to receive your word, Father, and pray, Lord, that you would let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Because, Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. A lady answered the knock on her door to find a man with a sad expression. I'm sorry to disturb you, he said, but I'm collecting money for an unfortunate family in the neighborhood. The husband is out of work. The kids are hungry. The utilities will soon be cut off. And worse, they're going to be kicked out of their apartment if they don't pay the rent by this afternoon. I'll be happy to help, uh, said the woman with, with great concern in her voice. But, but who are you? I'm the landlord. I'm going to give you one second to... He said, I'm the landlord. Uh, I know the irony is not lost on you, as, as the irony is not lost on God. <laughs> as we pray for those around us, asking God to meet their needs, how often do we consider, or do we consider, that he has actually equipped and expects us to take part in the answer to that prayer? The text today reminds us that God desires us not just to proclaim love and our love for him, but to participate by demonstrating it actively. That's what I, I tagged the text today. Simply go show love. Go show love. This text is in, with, with the introduction and the parable together, it, it brings this thought into mind that participating in eternal life requires a love that must be supplied by God and shared by us. I'll run it again. I heard somebody say, say it again. Participating in eternal life requires a love that must be supplied by God and shared by us. 
Luke, this book of Luke. Luke, the companion of the Apostle Paul, the, the physician, the, the historian, the Gentile. Uh, he, he writes by the aid of the Holy Spirit here an orderly account of the things that have occurred surrounding the advent, the life, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ. Luke, uh, in his writing, he has a habit of highlighting Jesus uh, with the outcast of society. He highlights Jesus interacting with those that others would just like to forget about. Luke, Luke. Uh, it's only here in his account that we find this familiar parable labeled, as we all know, the Good Samaritan. It's made its way into our own lexicon, the Good Samaritan. In this parable, uh, Jesus magnifies God's command of neighbor love with a surprising, shocking, jolting illustration of that love in action. He gives a picture, this picture of neighbor love. It's, it's, it's impartial. It's compassionate. It's costly. And if possible, it's worth imitating. I said, if possible, it's worth imitating. He said, and behold, a, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law there in black and white? Who, how do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, Jesus responded, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. The lawyer, the lawyer, the lawyer uh, he, a part of a, was a part of a group considered to be experts in the interpretation of the law, the, the Torah, the first five books of the scripture. Um, he, he approached Jesus with this popular question. Um, what the, how do we access life eternal? Uh, how do I achieve eternal life? Uh, people have been after this for as long as we've been around. Um, all kinds of vitamins and supplements and creams and schemes. Some, something about us believes that, that we were meant to live forever. Death seems unnatural to us. Now, uh, and, it, and it, it should. Ecclesiastes Three and eleven, it tells us that God has placed eternity in our hearts. That means from somewhere deep inside, we know there is something more, something beyond what we what we are experiencing right now. The issue uh, uh, wasn't the question that was asked; it, it, it was that this lawyer was looking to test Jesus. 
God never minds our questions to him, but they should be posed in a posture of humility with a desire to receive and apply his answer to our heart. Uh, Questions don't shake God. (sighs) But this lawyer was was here unknowingly. You say, you ever heard the saying, too smart for your own good? This lawyer was unknowingly challenging the author of the word himself to see if he'd be able to answer. Um, instead Instead of though falling in line with the lawyer's test, Jesus being Jesus answers his question with a question. Which, 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 by the way, I'd like to be honest with y'all, which it, it, it could be a little frustrating. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know whoever, whoever is here that, that talks to God, if you're here and you talk to God and, and you ever come to God with a question and, and then he sends you away with the question. He, he, he's like, he's like the, the parent or, or the teacher uh, who, who already given you the answer so they just keep asking you things until you realize it. The answer's already there. Uh, um, he knew that the, the lawyer thought he had all the answers about the law. Uh, so, so Jesus got him to say what he thought he had right. He, he pulled it out of him. And being well-versed in the scriptures, it was no surprise this lawyer was able to summarize God's law by quoting from Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 19, as many have done as Jesus himself used these scriptures when asked about the greatest commandment, loving God and loving your neighbor. Now, as many times as, as we may have heard this call to love God and our neighbors in the church, This expert in the law and the religious leaders of that day, they would have heard it a thousand times more than we've heard it. Uh, Some of them even wore the scriptures tied on their bodies in little leather cases, uh, phylacteries with part of the scripture written and, and rolled up inside. They had the scripture on them. A lot of us carry it in our cell phones. This, the scripture, he, he, he knew the answer. Like, it was academic. This, this love of God, uh, just a quick refresher, it's, it's, a, it's a consuming devotion of the complete self. All that you are, all that you have for the glory of God. All, 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 you read it again and again, that's what this love of God is. And I got to tell you, I spent some days in tears studying this verse. Every time I read this scripture, how short you fall of the all. I'm talking to myself in the mirror, not y'all, because y'all are. Listen, so, 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 uh, and then that, that's the love of, of God. Then the love of neighbor that, that James called the royal law. It, it, it's, it's God's standard for treatment of those we encounter. It's God's standard. Um, it, 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 
but it also provides, it has a task, it provides a visible demonstration of the love we say we have for God. Uh, I, I mean, love is, love is, love is today, it's a feeling. But here in the scriptures, love was an action. It was a verb, right? And so, and so, and, and so how do, you, how do you, you, you say it, but how do, how do you display it? He said, and love your neighbor. The lawyer, the lawyer answered well, but Jesus knew that there, there, there's often major gaps between knowing what God has said and how people understand and apply what God has said. He said, let's close the gap. So Jesus directs, he exhorts, he challenges him. If you know it, do it. If you know it, do it. Uh, loving your neighbor is more than a bumper sticker. Jesus didn't say that. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, look, uh, the lawyer, uh, he, he, he may have felt the shade from Jesus. He, he may have felt that Jesus was implying that he still had some work to do toward living up to the law he quoted so easily. And, and, and realizing that, it gave him an opportunity to, to make it right. But instead of asking or considering what he lacked, he asked another question trying to save face. Look, he says, but, but, but it says, but he desiring to justify himself said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Just who is my neighbor? You know, devout Jews would recite the command to love God twice daily, but the love of neighbor had become subjective. <laughs> it was an issue for debate. Uh, by, by this time, a, a neighbor had been narrowed down to only a fellow Jew, or even more narrow, someone from the same faction of the Jews, like the Pharisees. Or, 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 or only those perceived to be righteous. Uh, um, he was basically asking Jesus, who can I exclude from having to demonstrate neighborly love? Who can I count out? <laughs> uh, 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 oh boy, I'm, I'm, I'm meddling. Look, 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 so, so uh, the real estate, Real estate banks on the desires of men and women to want to choose who should be their neighbor as well. So it structures, it designs, it lines. Desire of people, it it knows. Desire of people to, to pick and choose who should be their neighbors. Knowing that the, the lawyer, back to the lawyer. Y'all didn't like that. Y'all got quiet. (laughs) Knowing the lawyer's broken idea of neighbor love, Jesus responds with a parable to get him to the right question. He, 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 you know, the the question, then another question, the response, he's like, okay, you're going to respond. Now I got a story to tell you. (laughs) Uh, uh, Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. 
Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Jesus lays out a a scenario that would have been easy for the listeners to imagine. That's what parables do. They grab a familiar scene, a scenario, but this one, this road to Jericho, it was a deep and dangerous descent, thousands of miles, thousands of feet down. Many, many from Jerusalem, many, many a person would have encountered crime on that stretch. With lawless people scattered and hidden among the 17 miles, it was, it was nicknamed the Bloody Way. Uh, and, and, and I don't know if you grew up in, in, in the country, but in the city where I grew up, there, there, were, there were streets like this. And we knew, don't go down that street. Uh, but on, on this road, Jesus pictures a victim who's lost everything and been left for dead. It's a crime scene. Uh, and, and then he, he, he brings the first passerby. The first passerby is a priest. He, that means he's a descendant of Aaron. He's from the family of Levi, but specifically from Aaron's line, who, who, who's charged with leading the worship of God at the temple, representing the people before God. But by chance, it says, it just so happened that he was passing that way at that time, at that moment. Anybody know that God puts us in places for purpose? You know, so, so, so that by chance is just, it, it's, it's, it's language, but Jesus knows what he's doing. Exactly. By chance, you're here this morning. God, God brings, brings us and places us where he wants for purposes. If, 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 if his purpose was to help, though, he flunked. Um, the description sounds like the priest looked over, saw that he didn't want any part of what was going on over there, and just kept moving. God, he got gone. Um, the, the, then the next passerby, he was a Levite, and his, his role, he's from his family of Levi, just not Aaron's line, who, who, his, his role was to assist the priest at the temple. These were clergy folk. It, it, it almost seemed like he was about to be involved. It, the, the language shows us that it, 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 it makes us believe that he got a little closer like he was, like he was, like he was trying to see if this was somebody he should help or not. And once he got close enough, he said, or not. And he was out. Now, many, many, many ideas, suggestions get, get proposed for uh, why these two religious leaders offered no help to the dying man. Um, some, some think it was ceremonial believing uh, that the man was dead and coming into contact with him would have rendered them unclean, making them unable to participate in the temple worship or service. 
and according to the law, uh, some said uh, they may have feared that it was a setup. That, that, you know, where, where, where the robbers would be hanging back, waiting for people to stop to help and then attack them. So they were afraid. Um, knowing the, the, the danger of this road, most people normally wouldn't travel alone. So our, our victim could have easily been seen as reckless for traveling that way. Someone could have taken that stance that, that he deserved what he got for being foolish. Now, I'm sure we could, we could add to this list of, of reasons why people don't help people. Uh, if we thought about the things that have kept us from helping others in the past. We could add to this list, a long list, but whatever the reason, Jesus gives no excuse for the responses of the, of the first two folks who passed by this crime scene. Uh, so is, is it, uh, he gives no excuse. That means, is it unexcusable, inexcusable? Uh, uh, he, just, he just keeps going and then he introduces a third traveler. He said, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I will repay when I come back. Now, the story at this point, it, it would have started getting juicy. It would have, it would have started, uh, if, if we were in this day and in this context, it would have started to, to sting a little bit at this point for the lawyer. Jesus uses a person that the lawyer would have not respected at all. Uh, uh, the, the Samaritan, because of mixed ethnicity, was looked down on and avoided by the Jewish people. They, the Samaritan's choice of, of worship, their place of worship at Mount Gerizim instead of at the temple caused more hostility between them and the Jews who had actually went and destroyed the Samaritan's temple for worshiping the Lord. There was no love lost between them. I mean, they hated each other. If we, if, we, if we had time to read back into chapter 9, we see there how the Samaritans refused to give Jesus and those that were with him uh, going into Jerusalem a place to rest for the evening. They refused him. And then in response to them refusing, watch this, <clears throat> two of the disciples, the sons of thunder, I like to call them, uh, proposed that they call down fire from heaven on them. Destroy all of them, Jesus. They didn't. I mean, they make Twitter sound good. No one would have been ready for Jesus to use a Samaritan as the next character in this story. I need you to see that. Uh, especially not as the hero. No, they, they wouldn't have been ready for it. But here he comes. Here comes the Samaritan. 
demonstrating the love God actually calls for from his people. When God's people would have considered him to not be one of God's people. He's showing neighbor love. We see him first. We, we said that, 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 that there needs to be impartial, the impartiality. Or we see him first. His first act is impartial. It's assumed that this victim dying on the road was not a Samaritan, but, but the, the Samaritan chose to render help to him. It didn't matter who the person was or why they ended up near dead on that road. This Samaritan acted like neighborly love should act. I've heard it said that the test of Christianity is not only loving Jesus, it's loving Judas. Yeah, I knew you didn't like that. Say say amen for me. Amen. Amen. I bring my, I got an amen corner. He, he, was, he was impartial. He rendered help. It didn't matter who he was and if that person looked like him. He, he was also, he was compassionate, not, not content to just look and then move on. Seeing the wounded man, something happened in him. He was deeply moved from the core of his being to do something. Uh, this, the, the scripture, uh, it uses this word compassion most often to describe Jesus' response to people in need. Not a Samaritan, but here he is, acting with compassion. You know, sympathy, there's a difference. Sympathy sits and sends wishes. But compassion comes close and does whatever it can to help. That's compassion. Thank you. It's, look, it, it, it does all it can. The Samaritan compassionately cleaned and bandaged with oil and wine. They didn't have neosporin. Oil and wine, uh, 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 the wounds of this victim, but, but remember, I said it, it does all that it can. Compassion does, it does all that it can. And so here's, here's where the, the neighborly love, it, it gets costly. It's costly. It's impartial, it's compassionate, but it's costly. I'm, I'm not sure how far the end was from where he found uh, uh, the man, uh, but this Samaritan was willing to walk so the beaten man could ride on his animal. Then, then it's costly. Then it cost him time. Whatever time it took for him to care, to care for this uh, injured man on the road and the time it took uh, to care for him at the end, it cost him time. Remember, the Samaritan was on his own journey. He had places to go, people to see, things to do. Are we willing to set our own journey aside for a moment to provide what someone else needs? It's here in the scripture. I'm not making it up. Look. 
Then it, it that, that seems like it would have been costly enough. Then it, but then it cost him some treasure. Somebody said, I, I got time <laughs> and willing to walk, but stay out of my pocketbook. Stay out of my wallet. It cost him some treasure when, when, when he needed to continue on his way, because he had to go. Uh, uh, he needed to go, but so the man's care would continue. The Samaritan paid two days of wages that, that some people estimate would have covered uh, two more months of room and board at the end. He, it was costly. To, it cost him his treasure. And then, and then lastly, using his good name like a credit card. He committed to cover anything additional that the care of the man might cost. The Samaritan. Now, if Jesus is answering the lawyer's question, it will make sense for him to say next that the wounded man was actually the Samaritan's neighbor. That would have been logical. But all of the love he demonstrated toward him would have seemed to make him a neighbor, but instead he just asked one last question. He says, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among robbers? He said, quick answer, this, this, this lawyer is sharp. The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. You go and do likewise. Uh, Jesus drives home his point with one last question, steering the lawyer to recognize that identifying your neighbor begins with first choosing to be a loving neighbor. That's where it starts. Instead of instead of. Who is my neighbor? The question should have been, how can I be a neighbor who loves? When, when, when you're willing to demonstrate love the way that the Samaritan did, you will find no shortage of neighbors to love on. You won't have to ask who your neighbor is, where your neighbor is. Uh, this, this, this seems like like, like it could be the final answer to the initial question about life. Plain and simple, do this and you will be participating in eternal life. But on, on the surface, Jesus is teaching, it just seems that straightforward. But for those that are really seeking the answer here, it points to something deeper. It, it, it points to to, to, to something beyond just that surface level. Jesus isn't teaching that, that if we just be more like the Good Samaritan, watch this, that, that we'd be able to earn a ticket to glory. He isn't teaching that. Uh, uh, some, some, some people, they, 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 they make a right turn there and they run for it. Just be a Good Samaritan. No, it's not what he's teaching. Um, his, the Samaritan, his, his compassion was worth imitating, but the fact 
Watch this, that the lawyer still couldn't acknowledge the one who showed mercy by the name Samaritan. He wouldn't even call him the Samaritan. Did you see that in the answer? He's the one who showed mercy. It it gives evidence of his unwillingness to consider him a neighbor worthy of love. Jesus is getting at something. His issue, uh, this lawyer's issue is not different than, than many people today. Knowing God calls for impartial love, but either unwilling or unable to demonstrate it. We can demonstrate tribe love, but this is neighbor love. It's it's different. Jesus actually wants this arrogant lawyer and everyone else uh, hearing this parable to recognize that we all fall short of the impartial compassion and self-sacrifice that God's command to love your neighbor calls for. And even if we tried our hardest, we couldn't manufacture it for long. Now recognizing this, watch this, it it should lead those listening to see that Jesus is the only one who could give the life that allows you to live this life. Uh, uh, This the, the impossibility of, of, of living that Samaritan's life, that neighbor love, should, should make us hunger for the life. And then we find the answer to this lawyer's and, and, and for that matter, everyone else's dilemma when it comes to perfect love and eternal life is standing right in front of him and he's there presenting himself in the same way to us. We've, we, we, we learned before in Galatians, and, and all of the scripture makes it clear, we needed someone to accomplish what we couldn't accomplish on our own to meet God's standards. And so for those that would humble themselves and admit this, Jesus offers his life. His life, his life, the the perfect demonstration of love and action, uh, the perfect demonstration of of, of God's love. Uh, uh, Romans 5 and 8 says uh, that that it said that God, uh, he shows, he, he demonstrates, he puts on display his love that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is is good news. It's good news that God didn't wait and pick and choose, see who's going to meet the requirements for love. He just chose love and Christ came and gave love. And then here at the end, the the only thing we're left with is that if, if we've Receive love. Now he says, go show it. Go show it. Not, 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 not partially. Not only to your tribe or to your kindred or to those in your, uh, uh, your bracket or not. Go and show it. 
I had three questions that I, I, I'll close with. And, and one is, does the, does the unsaved world outpace us in compassion? Having, having awareness of the mercy that God has poured out on us, it, it should, this should never be the case. We should be those overflowing in mercy because we received what we didn't deserve. Oh, God. Are, are, are we coming close enough to experience and demonstrate the compassion and kind love of a neighbor? It requires a proximity. Are we coming close enough? Or are we crossing streets, proverbially, uh, standing at a distance from our neighbors in need, um, reading and hearing about their issues, saying, what a shame. I'm going to pray for them. Last, last thing is, has, has loving your neighbor cost you something? Has loving your neighbor cost you something? If it hasn't, you haven't. But just, just know that it will cost something. It will cost something. But the Lord, the, the, Lord, the name we just exalted, he says, go and show it anyway. Go and show it anyway.